Continuing on the chronological life of Jesus, we are looking now at John chapter 8, <clears throat> starting at verse 12. We had finished the, the story of the woman caught in adultery last week, and uh, uh, now we're starting in John 8, chapter 12. <clears throat> we're just going to read this one verse. It says in, ver- in verse 12, John 8:12. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I mean, this is such a profound verse. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Unlike any other religious leader, he never was pointing us in a direction other than straight to himself. He says of himself, I am the light. He doesn't say go in that direction, and that direction is the light. He says, I am the light. That's what Jesus says. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So he talks about this following of him. So he says, I am the the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness. This goes beyond receiving Him. He'll talk later in this chapter about the need to receive Him. He says, but He who follows me will not walk in the darkness. So so think about this. Think about walking in the darkness. I don't know how much you travel, but I, I have to travel a fair amount. And I, I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I don't even remember what state I'm in. And I I realize I'm not in my own bedroom and I don't remember the layout of the room and where the lamp is. And sometimes I'll I'll get up and I'll be like, "Where, where is everything? You're walking in the darkness and it's very slow going. It's dangerous. So you, so I'm trying not to stub my toe or trip over something. This is what walking in darkness is like. It is, it is slow. It is dangerous. Walking in darkness can be painful. It's, it's poorly productive. It's not a way to get things done. Jesus says that is how people walk. They walk in darkness. He says, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. There is probably so much in this verse that it's even hard to get a hold of. But he says, I am the light of life. In other words, Jesus says, in life, there is light. In the midst of the pains and the the death and things that confront us, There is light in this life. That is what Jesus says. He has so much for us. I want to look at a few verses that that are here. You know, Jesus says, he says in uh, John 14, 15, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He says in John 15, 10, If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. So how is it we follow Him? You know, this is somewhat of a nebulous thing. 
How do I follow Jesus? He's obviously not right in front of me physically. How is it that we follow Jesus so that we don't walk in darkness? Well, Jesus told us that if we, if we obey Him, we will abide in His love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You know, Messianic Jews have counted the, the commandments in the New Testament, and I've always, often said this, there's about 150 commandments, and the guy heard me speaking on the internet. He listens to my messages, and he's a student. he was a student in this class uh, 14 years ago or so, 13 years ago, and he's been a medical doctor for many years, and he said, I, I heard you say that there's 150 New Testament commandments, and he sent me a list of 1,050 New Testament commandments <clears throat> bunched into 69 groups so, because some of them were similar. So I said, wow, that's, that's a lot more than I thought. <clears throat> Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This is what he said. So let's turn to, uh, let's, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3. In this portion, it's interesting in Proverbs that Jesus is able to, uh, that, that the Bible tells us the things that happen when we walk according to the teachings of the Scriptures. Because everybody wants to have a good life. How is it that we do that? Look in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So he starts out. He says, don't forget my teachings. Keep my commandments. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get the length of days and you're going to to have peace in your life. You know, I was was reading an article about uh, by a guy from Harvard Business School. And he's he's the most well-liked professor in the Harvard Business School. And he talks about the value of family, the value of relationship, and how he had set aside an hour every evening of his life. He had set aside an hour just to think about what God wanted him to do with his life, just to read and meditate. And he said that when he was in school, he often remembered how people would, would think about how much time you're wasting, how he could have been studying some new program or something. Because we don't understand the value of some of these things because they're so long-term. The value of these things. It says here in in Proverbs chapter 2, if you do these things, tremendous peace is going to be added to you. This is what he says. Peace is going to be added to you. Verse 3, Proverbs 3.3 Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. So don't let kindness and truth leave you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So if you do this, bind it around your neck. Kindness and truth. Kindness and truth. This other thing that this professor from Harvard Business School was was talking about in his lecture was how to stay out of jail. So this is to Harvard Business School students, how to stay out of jail. And he mentioned 
two of his classmates from Harvard Business School who are presently in jail. I forget the name of one of them, but the other one I remember, it's, it's Jeff Skilling. Jeff Skilling was the former CEO of Enron, who's in jail. And how it happens with little decisions that we make. Little decisions that we make lead to other decisions. When we compromise, it causes us to compromise further. This is what I often tell students. If you cheat in the laboratory, if you cheat in some of your results, you know, uh, what happens is you can't just cheat a little bit. Then you'll cheat on something else. And you'll lie about something else. To the point when that cheating is such a big thing, such a big discovery that you've gotten, that people really try to start reproducing it and getting it. And then they can't reproduce it. And they'll say, hey, we can't do this. Show us how you did this. Then the whole thing begins to crater and careers crater. It starts with little decisions. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. You be kind and you be truthful. You know, kindness is not something that's inherent within me. It's inherent within some people I meet. It's not within me. I have to try to be kind. This is what my life is like. I have to try to be kind because I'm not normally like this. And so, God is constantly reminding me, do not let kindness and truth leave you. You're to be truthful and you're to be kind. You need to bind them around your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart. Here's the outcome. You will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. If you do this, you'll find favor with God and you'll find favor with man. It will help your career so much if you walk in total honesty, total honesty and kindness. It will help your career so much. You'll find good repute in the sight of God and men. You will have a good reputation with men and with God. You'll find favor. Verse 5, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. This trusting in God, you know, God cares about every detail of our life. But he doesn't want us to worry about every detail of our lives to the point where we're becoming just so distraught with all the things that we have to do. If you just think of all the things, say, as finals week approaches, all the things you've got to get done. He says, I don't want you to have to be so concerned about that. God cares about all of these things. Nothing is too small for God. Nothing too small. Verse 7, Do not be wise in your, own, in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear God and turn away from evil. You know, it is the fear of God that has so often caused me to turn away from evil. There are opportunities that you have in life to do things which are evil. Fear God. God sees everything. God knows my every thought. He knows my every action. The Bible says, He who touches his neighbor's wife will in no way go unpunished. It's a terrible and fearful thing. 
to walk in, in marital unfaithfulness. But if you fear God, it'll cause you to walk uprightly. Because God sees everything. He knows my thought. He knows when I'm thinking of the other woman. He knows my thought. Fear God. Fear God. And turn away from evil. It is the fear of God which can cause us to turn away from evil. That which is evil, we well know. The Holy Spirit is very good at speaking it to the heart of the believer. Fear God and turn away from evil. Verse 8, It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. The health that it can bring upon you to walk uprightly with the Lord. It is just amazing the health that can be brought upon you by walking uprightly. Sure, you'll have sicknesses, you'll get coughs, you'll get the flu. But the health in general, that it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones, your attitude, your life will be different. I can watch students and watch their life. And I can tell you, just by looking at their life and the actions and the way they walk, that in 20 years, which to you sounds like a lot, but it happens relatively quickly, give it a couple of decades, that student's going to be absolutely wiped out spiritually and emotionally. And just look at their lives. Look at their actions as a college student. Look at the way they live their lives. And I can just look at them, and I'm not a prophet, but I just follow what the scriptures say, and I just you know, look at details in this book, and then I watch lives. And it's very predictive. You live like this, your family will never last. You live like this, you'll lose relationship with your children. You live like this, you're going to have a hard time at work. And it's very predictive of what happens. He says that if you do this, it's going to be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. It's going to help you if you walk this way. That's why Jesus says, I am the light of the world. In Him is the embodiment of light. We were like this, just walking around in darkness. And he says, if you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness, but you are going to have the light of life. He goes on in Proverbs chapter 3, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, nobody likes pastors to talk about money. I am not a pastor. So whatever you give, I never see. I don't get. So it's not a personal thing here. I get no salary from the church. But I know that if you have a pattern of graciously giving, you will have a much more satisfied life. You will be far more satisfied if you learn to graciously give. So for me, I, it, it, it's all programmed in my in my bill pay service, that that uh, uh, 10%, boom, just goes to my local church. And then whatever offerings I'm going to give, it just goes. just gets automatically sent out. It is there. It says you give from the first of all your produce. If you give based on what is left over, you will never be satisfied. 
it will never be enough. It will never be enough. But if you give from the first of all your produce, as soon as it comes in, that you give, you will have a far more satisfied life. There's many things in the flesh that Shireen and I never had that my colleagues had because Shireen, from the time we were married, she was never out working. Um, she was doing volunteer work until a couple years into our marriage when, when my first daughter was born and then she was home with the kids the whole time. So she never made an income so we didn't have the two income streams coming in but we always gave. I drove older cars for many, many years. Drove older cars. And uh, uh, so we had less, but we had so much more richness. So much more richness than, than other people. My kids, the relationship that we had with our children was so much richer than what other people had. When you learn to give, it says your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is the pattern in the scriptures. Imagine, imagine this prophet, Elijah, walks up to a widow woman during a time of famine. And he said, where there was no rain. And he says, get me a cup of water. She recognizes him as a prophet, that's for sure. She goes to get him water. He says, oh, while you're doing that, get me a, a loaf of bread too. And she says, you know, I was just about to make a loaf of bread with my last remaining oil and flour for my son and myself. We were going to eat it and die. He said, bring to me a small loaf first and then go and take care of you and your son. She did that and none of her food ever ran out. None of her food ever ran out until God brought rain on the earth. This is the pattern you see over and over again in Scripture. But it takes walking in faith. It takes walking in the faith of Christ. He is my light. He calls us to something that costs us something. If you're willing to give of what you have, there is a cost. There's a cost in following Jesus. There's a cost in doing what is right. You will have less in this world, but you'll have the light of life. Jesus said, I don't want you to walk in darkness, but I want you to have the light of life. Let's look at another verse. There is a relationship which God builds that comes through Jesus Christ. I want you to look in, in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. I want you to see the way that Jesus spoke to His Father. The way that Jesus spoke to His Father. How did He address His Father? In Mark chapter 14, verse 36. And He was saying, Abba, Father. This term, Abba, is Daddy. Daddy. Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. He calls him Abba, Father. There is this relationship. In this portion, in John chapter 8, he again and again refers to his Father. My Father, I do what I see my Father doing. My Father is pleased with me. 
Because I do what I see my Father doing. There is a relationship that is such a treasure that we have in Christ. You don't find this in Judaism. You don't find Jews praying, Abba, Father, very often. Maybe there are some sects that do. But I never saw it. This thing that God is a father to me, my Abba father, my daddy, my father-in-law, because in, in Shireen's language, father is Abba. And so for my fa- father-in-law, I've always called him Abba-ji. It's, it, 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 it's daddy, sir, da- daddy with respect. Abba, this is the way that Jesus prayed to his father. He says, you are my daddy. This is the way he viewed him. And this is what following Him opens up to us. It is a relationship with the Father. Jesus said, I am the light of life. I'm the light of life. You want to have life? Here it is. It is a relationship with God that you can't have any other way. It is not just a lofty ethic that we follow. It is not just a bunch of rules and regulations that we follow. It is relationship. It is relationship. Look in look in uh, um, in Hebrews chapter four, Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen. Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen. Hebrews four fifteen. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things, as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that you may receive mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. So that you may receive mercy. You draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that you may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. What Jesus has opened to us is utterly remarkable. Remember, the high priest goes in to the Holy of Holies once a year, With lots of offerings. Once a year, the high priest and the high priest only was allowed in the Holy of Holies. The the veil on the temple was rent when Jesus Christ died. It tore from top to bottom, meaning that God ripped that thing from top to bottom. It's four inches thick, this veil, into the Holy of Holies. It ripped from top to bottom. God opens up the Holy of Holies to us and He says, Come in with confidence. Come in with confidence. Look at another verse. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you, you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So you see that He opens up to us, Abba, Father. I'll speak personally. I feel God really likes me. He really likes me. He knows my faults. He knows my weaknesses. Yet He really likes me. God opens the door. He really likes me. And when something's just just attacking or falling apart in my life, I will just go away alone. Go to the chapel on campus and pray or shut my door and put up a do not disturb sign and just fall on my knees and begin to pray. And it's as if God visits me 
And I say, Abba, Father, Abba, help me, help me. And then just the help of God starts to come. The blessing of God starts to come. And He hears me. I have this relationship with God. It is not perfect. It's perfect from His side. From my side, there's there's a lot of faults. But I'll tell you, I wish that you had the avenue to speak to God that I have. And you have it. It's, will you exercise it? I want you all to have this, this sense of access to God that I have. It is remarkable when things happen in life. When you find out that all, all, something is crashing around you. And you just go and you say, Abba, help me. The God of the universe is there and then peace starts to come upon me. I can get all flustered sometimes. And then peace starts to fill the room. And, it, and, and uh, fill me. L- look in, in uh, Galatians chapter 4. You've got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God has sent forth His Spirit into our life, crying, Abba, Father. God has done that. You can visit with God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Do you realize what He is opening up to you? Do you realize what you walk away from when you walk away from Him? You walk away from the light of life. And you're like this again. Oh, this is great. You know, I, I feel very comfortable over here. Being blind, you know, this is just great. I can't see anything. I'm stubbing my toe all the time and, you know, busting my teeth up. But, but it's great. You know, I'm really quite happy. You know, I've talked to people who walk away from the Lord and they tell me, I'm fine. See, how are you doing? I'm fine. Ah, uh, okay. You know, just by their response, it reveals what's going on in their lives. you realize that He is the light of life? Jesus is the light of life. You want light in your life? Do you want it? It is here. You can have it as if you are a son. Just as Jesus cried out, Abba, you can cry out, Abba, help me. Help me. If you didn't have a good father role model in your life, well, you got one now, and that's God the Father. God the Father. You can get past that. You don't have to live like that of not having a good father role model. You don't have to live there. You can beat yourself up like like is is current in our generation. I'm going to feel bad for the rest of my life about this and blame my parents for all my problems. And 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 you know, or you can say, look, I got to get over it just got to get over this thing and I'm going to trust my Father God and you build a relationship with Abba, with God. You build a relationship. He will be there for you. He will be there. And I'll tell you, when my kids call me and they're in trouble, I am there. You know, if my daughter lives in Israel, she said, Dad, I really need you here. I would get on a plane and I would go. 
Why? Because that's my little girl. That's my baby girl. I would go. If my daughter calls me and she says, Dad, I need help. You know, if, if I see, if I have a, a meeting in my office and I see that the, the, the call is coming through from one of my kids, excuse me, one of my children, I'll take the call. Because that's my child. That can never change. This is the way God is with us. Do you want this? Jesus said, I am the light of life. This is the relationship. I want you to have what I know. And what I know isn't perfect. There's so much deeper that I've got to go. The amazing thing is, you find somebody who spends a lot of time with God, they will never say, I spend enough. Those who are utter novices will say, I get enough time with the Lord. But those who spend hours with the Lord say, it's not enough. What does that tell you? That the presence of God is so good. So good. And what He will bring into your life, this is the treasure that comes by knowing Him. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I'll tell you, it will make your life so much better. It will make your life so much better richer. When you walk this way, you will find a spouse that's like-minded when you walk this way. You know, I am just amazed all the time at how much my wife honors the Word of God. I love the Scripture. I just love it. I mean, this is, this is the most used app by tenfold on my phone is the Bible app. I mean, and my wife loves the Scriptures. All I've got to do is say, Shereen, listen to this verse. She, she stops. Tell me. Tell me. Just she loves the Scriptures. And one day, she, and, 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 and any time she'll be reading, she's, I was reading something this morning. Tell me, what is it? What was God speaking? I love the Scriptures. Wouldn't it be great for you to get a spouse that loves the Word of God? Wouldn't that be great? God has riches, riches for you if you will walk His way. Don't compromise on these things. Hold fast to the Word of God. He is the light of life. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much. Abba, thank You for Your Word. Thank you that Jesus is the light of life. And He has opened up to us sonship so that we can cry out, Abba. Thank you that we can enter the throne room boldly and with confidence. Not just once a year, but any time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening that up for us. Abba, thank you for sending your Son to open that up for us. Thank you that you have so much for these young people in their lives. That they will set apart their lives for you. And not compromise on this. But walk in kindness and walk in truth. Abba, bless them, I pray. 
may they be drawn to you. In the name of Jesus.